Are you ready? Starting now? <laughs> well, now you just messed it up, you knob. God, you know that the shit that we go through for this, huh? I know. <laughs> fuckers, fuckers better appreciate it. When we started, we were just like, yeah, we're just going to do this, man. You know, shoot our wad into the wind and see what happens. <laughs> What's right. the title of this uh, podcast again? I don't know. Objects, I don't know. Something with a penis, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> our fucking faces are everywhere now. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but You're but welcome, ladies. <laughs> right. Popular with the ladies. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm not even going to apologize because I hopefully, hopefully it sounds <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, really? totally. this is this is fucking explicit now. <laughs> ah, the explicit button. Let me use my finger. <sighs> la, 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 la. It is time for another episode of Sober, Not Mature. And that episode starts now. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to another episode of Sober, Not Mature. And if anyone has been paying attention, we have a doctor in the house tonight. Ooh. <laughs> I know. It's, a, it's one of those things. I was thinking about it before we, before we had started leading up to this, and I'm like, Mike, I don't think we haven't had anyone with like true credentials happen. We've had certified people. We've well, had... most of us have been certified once or twice. <laughs> but... Life credentials. Yeah, life credentials. So, um, but yes, we have we have Dr. Sarah with us tonight. I'm going to let her uh, introduce herself first. So, give us a brief introduction, um, who you are, and kind of little just a brief background of who just you are, brief. and then we'll yeah, just brief, and then we'll okay. get into the episode. Okay. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Dr. Sarah Michaud. I'm a psychologist, um, and I've worked with addiction for about 30 years, and I've been sober almost 40. And um, I am, like, working my program as best I can, just like everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Well, and and I'm glad that you pronounced your name, because that was the one thing that I forgot. So can you pronounce your last name again for us? Yeah, it's Michaud. Everybody screws it up, so that's okay. Michaud. Okay, cool. Michaud, yep. Well, I would have I would have butchered it, so that's why I said Doctor Sarah. I don't know if you've noticed that, but there's there's no secrets around here anyhow. So, right. <laughs> so um, yeah, we've got uh, obviously got her on tonight. Uh, you heard a little bit about obviously the background. She's a doctor. She's sober. She also has a book. We're going to talk about all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, Sarah, we do not have a, uh, and you've listened to us. You were just starting yes. to say you listen to some of us. Uh, yep. You know, we really don't have a, a very tight format if we even yep. have one at all. <laughs> but, um, you know, Mike usually gives a pretty good description of, uh, of how we like to start things off. So, Mike, explain how we like to start things off. <laughs> all right. Well, um, clearly, we all know how to get fucked up. We all know how to fuck up our lives and fuck up the lives of everybody around us. Yep. Um, so we, we don't like drunkologues. What we yep. do want to know is a little background, qualify, tell us where you're from, all that good stuff. Well, you know, little life stuff. I actually read some of your book. Um, I didn't finish it, but I, I went through it. So I, I've got an idea, but the folks listening don't. So please right. tell us all about yourself. <laughs> no, what I really liked about you guys um, from the jump was, first of all, you sound really authentic and real. And you use the words integrity a lot and you Hmm. use program language a lot. And I really connect with that. 
And also you talk about, and some of your guests say the same thing that we talk about the solution and, you know, which I am all about. I mean, you know, you hear experience, strength and hope, but as an old sponsor of mine used to say, some meetings are just experience meetings. (laughs) 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 And I really, you know, and we could talk about different types of AA too, because I was thinking about that today. I mean, wherever, whatever region you are, there's different kinds of meetings around here and some Mm -hmm. meetings are really solution focused. And others aren't. And it, you know, I was just in Tennessee visiting a sponsee that I met on Zoom and the meetings down there are totally different. I mean, right, people right. were really struggling to stay sober down there. Mm. Um, she's really in the boonies and it's a very rural area. And it was just fascinating to me because in meetings up here, you know, you might have one or two people that might have relapsed, but there it just seemed like people were really struggling. And probably because of the lack of support where she is, but it's just, it's just interesting, the different kinds of meetings. But anyways, I'm rambling about AA. That's okay. Um, But I, you know, it's funny because I've been sober a really long time, but just in the last few years, and I know you guys feel this way too, I've been feeling more and more grateful for how I got sober. Because as you know, I mean, you know, I put the book out like a year ago. And so I've been learning a lot. I mean, I'm old, I'm 63. And I didn't, you know, as my son calls me a hundred years old, because I don't know anything (laughs) about computers. And, but I've been learning that, you know, there are many now online communities and, you know, someone might get sober and they have a couple of years sober. And then the next thing, you know, they're creating an online support community, which is great. And mm-hmm. some people charge money and other people don't. And some people become sober coaches and other people don't. And so there's all kinds of ways to get sober now. Sure. And which on one hand is awesome and wonderful. And at the same time, I am just so glad I got sober the way I did. Mm-hmm. And right. I, I, because I have a program and I have a way to, it's like a paradigm for life and a formula. And, you know, it's like the spiritual axiom, right? In, in the big book where, or maybe it's in the step book, but, or in step 10, but he says, you know, whenever I'm disturbed, it's really about me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, taking responsibility for our recovery to me that's the major difference. When someone really starts to get well, they're not blaming other people. They're not pointing the finger. They're not gossiping. They're not talking about everybody else, but they're really focused on, wow, this is my issue. And in, in the program, I mean, not everybody's like this, but I know after I did the steps several times, I got that I was my problem. And, Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just really grateful for the way I got sober. And again, it's not for everybody. Like you guys talk about, there's plenty of ways to do it these days, but um, I'm just really grateful. So what else? Well, um, <laughs> what else should I, I talk guess about? I, well, I want to I kind of touch on what you had talked about too. And I yeah. mean, we've been sober, uh, you know, certainly not 40 years, but each of us around the same time frame, literally, uh, but 13 years. <laughs> 13 and, years, yeah. Yeah, which is, it's a long time, but, you know, it's, it's long, but it's not, it is, but it isn't type of thing. But 13 years ago, uh, you know, is compared, like you said, what, what's online now, what's available online, uh, the pandemic, I mean, brought out a yep. whole new thing with zoom meetings and that sort of yep. access, all that stuff wasn't there. And, you know, I give people a lot of credit that started and we've had a few people on, right, Mike, that started mm-hmm. 
during the pandemic and stayed right. sober, which is fascinating yep. to me because, again, the program, the fellowship, the meetings, all those different things we had, um, both of us talk about yes. all the time, not only the way we got sober, but the place we got sober. And you touched on that, too. Mike still lives in Cleveland, and, you know, he usually explains a little bit better than me, but um, Cleveland AA, right, Mike? Right. Yeah. Well, you know, we're uh, 45 minutes away from where Dr. Bob and Bill yeah. met each other, you know, so this was, uh, yeah, this is some pretty hardcore stuff up here. I, yeah. um, first time I tried to get sober was out in California. Um, I didn't do any of the work, so I can't say that they failed, but it was yep. very different. Um, and it certainly, I wasn't ready and it wasn't the right approach for me. You yep. know, some people need hugs and, and love and I needed a finger in my chest. And that's what I, that's <laughs> yep. what I got here in Cleveland. Um, <laughs> yep. so yeah, yeah. Like you said, things are different. I've been to meetings around the country as well. And, um, I, there's nothing like Cleveland AA. I love it here. And I don't, I sometimes wonder if I would have been able to, Right. Do what I do without doing it here, without the people here and the way that they do things here, which right. is not lovey dovey. And, you know, um, right. a wonderful example early on. Um, we went to a men's meeting pretty regularly here. And, um, you know, the guys, you know, minimum 10 years, um, some guys, you know, 20, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. And, um, you know, you'd walk in and they go, how you doing? And we'd start to run our, I'd start to run my mouth and right. they would just, you know, right. they'd go, we don't care. What are you doing? Right. <laughs> right. And that was the, that's the approach I needed. And that's the approach that I use and still use to this day. I don't right. care what I'm feeling like. My feelings right. are, you know, they come and go, they change like the seasons and the wind yes. and the seconds on the clock, you know, yes. my actions are what matter. What do yes. I do? And because, you know, I, I've said it plenty of times, my thoughts are still all kinds of fucked up. Um, <laughs> you, know. Just, you know, our thoughts are just thoughts. Mm -hmm. I mean, exactly. that's the thing, right? Right, right. Uh, a good friend of mine here, she says, you know, we're no longer, she says it wonderfully. It's very sweet. She says that we're no longer emotionally driven. We're spiritually driven, which right. is just a beautiful way to say, fuck your feelings. What are you doing? Right. right. Yep. <laughs> no, but, you, know, you know, it's funny because I was thinking about this today when I was listening. I think I was listening to that gal Shay you had on and I've listened mm -hmm. to several. But, um, you know, and how did I want to talk about this? But I just I think one thing that people forget and I don't think you guys forget because you've been mm -hmm. around a long time is mm -hmm. this is a lethal illness. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really funny because, like I said, I've done a lot of podcasts and the book is really about my own codependency. And the, mm -hmm. really the reason I wrote it was because here I am, I'm a psychologist. I've worked at this very well-known hospital in Boston. I, you know, have the credentials. I've been sober a zillion years. And my husband relapses, who, by the way, had 15 years of sobriety, was sponsoring mm -hmm. tons of people, had, you know, and to be in that situation and then he subsequently died a couple of years after I asked him to mm -hmm. leave. You mm -hmm. know, I'm reminded that, you know, the reason I don't mess around with this stuff is because I know, because I've seen people over the last 40 years not make it just like you have. Right. And so, right. you know, yes, we need to talk about feelings. Yes, we need to, like Bill says, get to the underlying causes and conditions and we need to work on ourselves. 
But there seems to be this, and again, I'm just giving my opinion. There just seems to be this whole kind of wave of, you know, trying to say the right thing and do the right thing. And we don't want to offend everyone. And you know what? Mm. Guess what? People are dying every day <laughs> mm-hmm. from this stuff. Right, so right. I'm not, you know, if I'm going to hurt someone's feelings, like, mm. wow, maybe their life's going to be saved. I don't know. Right. It's just well, the seriousness of it. I think people forget. Go ahead. I'm on oh, a rant. Gonna, Sorry. Was, no, no, no. I, and you know what? We're we're all about that because this <laughs> this is no stuff like this is fun because two things. We want to hear your opinion. We value your opinion. And let let loose with your opinion. It's cool. So, um, but the, but yeah, the, saying all the right things and doing all the right things. And Mike and I have talked about this a couple of times where, you know, people are out there and changing words, you know, and changing things and wanting to change the big book and wanting to do all these different things. And our opinion, and, and I'll speak for Mike on this only because we've talked about it, is that mm-hmm. our opinion is that, hey, if anyone wants to go out there and start a, a new group, and that's what works for them. Fine. Mike always says, as long as you're not hurting other people, I have no issue with what you're doing. Yeah. If you're if you're fucking with people, I have a problem with it. You know. Mm-hmm. But um, with, there's there's a, a person out there on social media that that is keeps going around wanting to change the word alcoholic, saying it's out of you know outdated right. and all that stuff. And it's it, it, it pissed me off <laughs> to begin with <laughs> because I'm like I'm like I don't care you can go ahead and call yourself a, a Gazornablat I don't care what it is you right. know whatever whatever you want to identify as in this type of thing I don't really care but right. don't try to take away what what I identified before because maybe that word tells me who I am and what I have to do every day in order to live and you've just made that good point you know this is it's a it's a fatal disease and we've got. Mike, a daily what? <laughs> daily Retrieve. Retrieve. Contingent yeah. on the maintenance of our spiritual <laughs> condition. Yeah, Amen. we play we play with that saying a little bit and as a as a joke, but it's not a joke. Mike always says it's its you know favorite line out of the big book, and people miss that yeah. word maintenance all the time. Yeah. And, oh, I know. That drives me nuts. Oh, it's, it's crazy. I've heard I've heard people quote that so many times and they leave the word maintenance out. And I'm like, my God, that's the most important word in there. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it's funny. No, this is so such a great thing because I heard you guys talk about this whole thing about alcoholic and I'm just finishing mm. a book. I try to keep up on kind of the latest books that are written. And this woman mm-hmm. uh, has written a book um, who's kind of popular out there. And she talked about this whole thing about how people are now saying they have a substance use disorder. Yeah. Mm. And, we, made fun of that. we made fun of that word. Too, yeah. that, that phrase. And it's like, <laughs> okay, great, fine. But the, this is the thing I have about the word alcoholic is To me, listen, the thing about this disease is, and you guys already know this, the Mm. quintessential components are denial, Mm -hmm. rationalization, Mm -hmm. minimization, romanticizing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All of those are mental components. And so if denial is the main component, do you think it's important that I remind myself of my illness? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I can talk, I've had plenty of patients over the years, talk themselves right out of it. People I know, oh, yeah. right. my husband, I mean, anybody can talk themselves out of this thing. And if you want to kind of, what's the word, like not make light of it. Like I don't mm. see the word alcoholic as negative. First of all, I guess some right. people see it as like a stigma, but right. I've never felt ashamed of it. I felt free. Like I knew what was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. But anyways, everybody's got, you know, everybody's got a right to their opinions. And if they want to say they have a substance abuse disorder, great. My only issue with it, with it is, are you minimizing 
the severity of the illness. And I think that's why for me, it's like, I'm a real alcoholic. Like it says in the big book. I mean, I knew from the minute I picked up booze that that was the answer to my problems. Mm -hmm. Maybe not everybody's like that, but again, I may not know enough about it, but I don't want to lighten this thing up at all. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't want to make it nice because you know what the other thing I was thinking, listening to your podcast today, it's like everybody's so worried about how it's going to look and how I'm going to look. And guess what? We were living in our cars. I was looking for people for drugs. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'm at, you know, strip joints trying to, I mean, it's like, what I was doing with my life, it's like, and now I think I care about what people are going to think. It's like, because mm-hmm. I'm calling myself an alcoholic. I mean, seriously. Anyways, right. again, well, I'm on another rant. No, and that's, uh, it, please, you literally rant do not away. have to. I was going to say, yeah, you do not have to apologize or even mention that you're on a rant because we, again, we want it. We expect it. We, All we're right. going to cherish it. But, All right. but yeah, in, yeah, the whole minimizing <laughs> thing and. So we're always of the opinion the solution's the same, doesn't matter how you get there. And we're fine with that. But yeah, to your point, if they're minimizing and saying, eh, not that bad, um, mm-hmm. but, it, but still it comes back to the point of, you know, if, if you want to call yourself an alcoholic, the three of us want to refer to ourselves that way, we're fine. You know, if, yeah. if Susie next door or, you know, John down the street or whatever wants to say they have a substance use disorder, but their solution's the same and they're staying sober, I don't care, you know, right. but it is, it's the, it's the point of it. I never thought about that with the, the words maybe, and they could be, you know, minimizing things in people's heads saying, you know, it's the, the not that bad syndrome, you know, if they're, mm-hmm. if they're saying that, but the other thing, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to say this. So anyone, anyone and everyone who's listened to us for 71 episodes, cause this is 72. We've had other yep. people on that, you know, friends of ours and things like that that are kind of saying the same things as are. But everyone, please make note: there's a fucking doctor that's co-signing our bullshit right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to make a note of that. So everyone, yes, <laughs> Doctor Sarah, you guys are hilarious. If, if this, inter- oh if this interview, God. if this conversation ended ended now. Every one of these episodes, and we never picked up another mic. We just, we just accomplished everything we were able to. There's nothing left. There's nothing right. left. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Good night, mic drop. You know, I mean, that is hilarious. I mean, I think like there is another guy I saw on a TED talk, and it's the whole thing about labels. Like, there's something negative about labels, and right. I guess mm. in in their perception, and so substance abuse disorder means I have this illness. But for mm-hmm. some reason, it doesn't identify who I am or something. I don't know. Mm. I'm such a simple person, to be honest with you, that I just see things really simply. And I'm and I get, you know, we can go down the rabbit hole of, you know, intellectualizing what it mm. all means. You know what? People die from it. I want to stay sober. I want to help other people get sober, period. I don't care what you call it. You right. know, really. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, anyways. right. The book says it's an allergy, right? It's we an have allergy, this, right? We we react differently to drugs and alcohol than quote unquote normal people. Right. Fine. Well, that, go ahead. No, no, go say, ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. I was gonna say, like, this is another thing I have with AA. This is one thing I have with AA. It's the whole thing about normies. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's normal. Well, yeah. <laughs> I really don't. I well, mean, we, I don't think. I don't think there are normies and there are us. I think this is just my opinion. 
Uh, I think we have the illness of alcoholism, right? So when we were in pain or when we picked up our first drink, it created the phenomenon of craving for me because genetically it's in my genes. And I knew I was an alcoholic right away. Okay. I think other people, I think in the human condition, everybody's in pain. Everybody feels anger. Everybody Mm -hmm. has suffering. And they might just use something else. So mm-hmm. someone else might work all the time. Someone else might scream at their wife all the time. Someone else might, you know, be on their phone all the time. Someone else might just shut down. You know, I think everybody figures out how to soothe themselves mm-hmm. and how to get out of their pain. But I don't sure. think anyone's like a normal person and we're the sick ones. Like, I don't see that. I hear that in AA sometimes and I'm like. I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, the difference for me is, yes, they cope with it and whatever, but their coping mechanisms don't hurt everybody around them. Our coping mechanisms do. I think that's the difference between us and them. You know, we cause, we cause pain. I mean, well, I yeah, know but... other people. I know. Right. Well, but they have problem too. And actually, I think the solution that we have found that those two guys at Akron found 88 years ago um, yep. would help them too. Absolutely. <laughs> right. I, yeah. No, but I right. think everybody could use the 12 steps. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, but if someone's having an affair, you know, affairs all the time to cope, it's hurting his wife. I oh, mean, sure. I guess you're right. I mean, there it is on a spectrum. It's on a continuum. We sure. can say that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I, I get what you're saying, though. Again, the, the term normies is just something that, you know, it, it is a term that's used, uh, you know, quote unquote, in the rooms. And yeah, uh, I mean, we all understand what it means. But I also I mean, I, I get what you're I get what you're saying. You know, everyone's got their way to deal with stuff. And yeah, if somebody's somebody's out there yelling at their wife or <laughs> sleeping with their neighbor. Then, yeah, that coping mechanism might be hurting somebody else. <laughs> so right. I mean, all of that's possible. But, you know, in the like the 12 steps and like Mike said, as far as other people, we've had, um, again, our, and I'll say normies, you know, my, my sister, his girlfriend, other people and things like that, that, uh, have listened to us. We've had friends of ours that are not alcoholics or not anywhere issues with alcohol that are like, you know what? I, I've used some of your things, Mike, you had people right. come up to you at a, at a convention, right. you know, mm-hmm. right. non-drinking people that said they were getting right. something out of our podcast. So, um, yeah. right. Right. I mean, it's, just, yeah. it's cool. It's a better way of living. Isn't that nice? (laughs) It is such a better way of living. Uh, We're so lucky. I mean, I just think that all the time. I mean, you know, I don't know how you guys dealt with the virus, but I'm telling you, when that stuff happened, I felt, and maybe because I've been sober a long time, but this is what I felt. I I didn't freak out. I mean, not Mm. that I wasn't bothered by it, Mm -hmm. but like I've been practicing acceptance, powerlessness, gratitude, (laughs) surrender, faith, live and let live, mind my own business, like Mm -hmm. all of these things for, Mm -hmm. you know, almost 40 years. And so this thing happens. And I think out of a lot of people, we were more prepared because we've been practicing that stuff for a long time. I mean, did we like it? No. (laughs) But did we, did we have some practice and acceptance and surrender? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So, well, know. yeah, I mean, the whole mask thing, you know, I mean, I, I hated wearing a goddamn mask. Right. Guess what? I didn't wear it for me. I wore it right. for the people around me. Hmm, right. Where did I learn that? Right. Yes. 
And we had uh, really all those tools. And we had our uh, our mom. Um, and actually, our mom just passed away in in October. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Oh no, it's it's cool. I we appreciate it. And you know, some people that are like, uh, well, first of all, just Mike and I are not like biological brothers, but he's been around hmm. our family for the entire time that we've been sober. So right. it was. It's this is his family as much as mine, mm-hmm. his mom as much as mine, that sort of thing. But so during the whole, uh, you know, pandemic thing. Um, our sister and our mom lived in Indiana. I was in Wisconsin, Mike, of course, out in Cleveland. So whatever there was, you know, that year and a half um, that we didn't get to see anyone, you know, nobody did. And and our mom was sick, you know, and well, she had COPD and she was kind of this up and down, but here's, here's the thing. And, and I had, I, I think I've talked about this openly on here. You know, it was one of those things where based on everything that was going on, just like the rest of the, the fucking world, I couldn't go yep. anywhere. I couldn't do anything. So um, the, the idea of what if, you know, is that fireworks, Mike? Yeah, or gunshots. Oh, <laughs> gunshots. Yeah. Cleveland's favorite game. Fireworks <laughs> or gunshots. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but so... <clears throat> You know, with our with our mom, you know, having this uh, having this thing and all these things going on, um, I literally just had to make peace with it and be like, okay, so um, I had to sit down and, and make sure I was okay. If she passed away and I wasn't able right. to to be there, um, I I couldn't freak out about it. It it, it wouldn't have made me happy, you know. But right. but these are the things that uh, and I was so grateful to have these tools at the time. Again. I didn't like it any more than I, any more than anyone else did. Of course. But I didn't of want to course. take the chance. She had a breathing disease, you know, mm-hmm. and if she would have got COVID, it would have killed her or could have, you right. know, so I'm like, I can't, I was stuck between that literal rock and hard place. And I yep. just had to figure out how to deal with that middle part of it. You know, um, I mean, thankfully I, I came down here um, a year ago, got to spend those last handful of months, you know, my sister and I were helping her out. So I got my time and it all worked out. Got but, it. But you know that, and it's just when when you said that, um, people that were in again just got sober or early recovery, that I felt nervous for them because I know how I was when when we first right. went in. Um, I was skittish. I didn't want to be there. I don't know that I, but I don't know. Right. Um, you know, but you know the fact that we had at that time frame. You know, we were we were ten years sober at the time as we were heading right. into that pandemic. Right. The biggest thing that that we that, that affected us is it fucked up our 10 year anniversary oh, <laughs> and we, man, and we digits. yeah right we were what we were going to do we we're going to try to get a bunch of there's still like 10 or 12 of us from that time frame that are still sober we had talked oh, about getting great. a whole group of us together that summer um and just doing something you know so oh. um but but that was the only thing you know that founder state right. whatever we we missed some events but other than right. that mm-hmm. life went on man you know right so Right. So is the reason you moved back because you were going to take care of your mom? Is that why? Yeah. So a year ago, um, end of June, a year ago, um, well, I'd worked it out a couple of months prior, but I came down to Indiana, which is where I I am still at the moment, but um, came down here specifically with the intent of, because my my sister's here and my mom had a house and sister had a house or has a house. So my sister was back and forth trying to take care of, you know, her house and our mom's house and it just got right. to be too much. And then we were the, the mindset at that point was to try to move our mom into our sister's house. So that was the, that was the goal. I was able to thankfully it, work okay. it out with my job and I went remote and all those sort of things. But, um, so yeah, you know, so I, but I was down here and I got that, I got that, you know, quote unquote you extra time, time with her. Yes. Um, and it was, it, it was, it, it ended up happening. Imagine that, right, Mike, the way that it was supposed mm-hmm. to, 
in the time right. he was supposed to, you know, which right. um, nine times out of 10 drives me nuts, drove me more nuts 12 years ago. But, <laughs> you know, it's uh, right. it, it's more livable right. and more manageable now, you know, accepting that whole life on life terms and time Ugh. takes time stuff, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what yeah. um, what part of the country do you live in? And maybe I missed that part. So I live in I live in Massachusetts. Okay. I um, mm-hmm. right now I live I literally live in the woods, you guys. <laughs> I, <live> in, <laughs> I mean, I um, when I had my son, we you know I wanted to buy a house and you know find a school system, so we moved out to kind of this you know, an hour outside of Boston where there's some good school systems, but it's kind of, you know, it's country-like. And mm-hmm. then just last November, I sold my house because he's been off at college and I moved into this little carriage house really in the woods and I'm totally in heaven. It's so, <laughs> it's beautiful. I mean, it's not like the middle of nowhere, but it's it's just beautiful. It's plush and there's gardens and it's really, really beautiful. It's just like the country. Right. Yeah. Horse farms around. Yeah. I mean, I'm so Mm. lucky. So, but it's tiny. I mean, it's such a relief. I know people love buying homes, but to, to leave a house and come to this small place, like it's so much simpler and less responsibility. It's so much easier. (laughs) Less to take care of. I love it. I love it. So, yeah. So I live in, in the middle of mass about an hour outside of Boston, a half an hour from New Hampshire. Yeah. So okay. you've Have you guys got, ever uh, been in New England? Um, no, we've got no. our, our okay. cousins. Uh, our cousin and uh, her husband and family live in uh, just outside of Boston. Our aunt uh, just moved out there too. So uh, we've got family got in Boston, it. and she's she's wow. been there. Our cousin's been there, went to school, and then um, never came back. <laughs> and yeah. and uh, <laughs> met her met her husband. Her husband is uh, originally from Ireland. Good dude. Uh, they've been they've been together forever. Married now for. Oh shit! Ten years, ten, eleven years, wow. something like that. Yeah, a yeah, yeah. um, couple of kids, and yeah, they bought a uh, two-family house, and our aunt ended up uh, moving into the to the lower part to of the it. other side, right? Yeah. yeah. When, uh, when the, the tenants, you know, so they uh, our sister's been out there. She'll like she's actually coming out. Uh, I think she's going out to visit them in a couple of weeks. But, wow. Um, yeah, she's been out to Boston quite a bit. I have not made it yet. Uh, Mike, <laughs> our Aunt Gail invited him when we were at our mom's right. funeral, right? Please, <laughs> yes, please, she did. Please come to Boston. Please come to Boston in the springtime, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you understood that, My too. My favorite tunes, yeah, yeah. I know. I wonder what town. Well, we'll figure that out, but yeah. Right. And yeah. you know, for the for the life of me, I can never remember the town. That's I think all it's right. yeah, That's it's right. it's outside. They lived in they well, lived the in the city for a while. Fall. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, not the winter. The best time. time is the fall. Yeah. <laughs> not the winter and not the summer. Cause it gets super hot, but the fall is beautiful. Fall in new England. Yeah. Right. You guys mm-hmm. love it. Well, yeah. and that's what, that's what I've heard. Uh, I'm winter time. I know. And in the city, they, they lived in a uh, two bedroom apartment. I think when their first son was born um, and it was just, it, first of all, just crazy expensive, but um, right. you know, even right. something as simple as, you know, trying to find parking, you know I mean? And oh yeah, in the Absolutely. winter time, getting everything plowed in and uh, yeah, no, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for that. So um, what do you think, Mike? Do you want to, do you want to take a break now before, and then yeah, we can ask more questions? And then let's we'll do come it. back and we'll, we'll talk about the book and some other good stuff. All right, so great. stay tuned for some more Sober Not Mature right after this word from our sponsor. 
Hey everyone, it's your friends at Sober, not Mature. Hi there. And, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, it's it's both of your friends this time. Hi Mike, how are you? <laughs> I'm well, how are you, Bill? I am doing well, but we do, we do have a purpose. Uh, we we actually <laughs> usually talk about uh, our one website, but we actually have two websites now. So Two? We two websites in one. <laughs> All right, so so everyone knows we still have the podcast website that is www.sobernotmature.com. Uh-huh. And we just launched the store website, so uh, we also have that. Do you know what the website address is on that one, Mike? Of course I don't. <laughs> it's pretty easy, Mike. It's www.sobernotmatureshop.com. Ah. So, <laughs> but from the, the the podcast website, you can still hit the store link and get into the uh, into the web store, or you can right. access it from our Instagram page through the highlights. Uh, we've been posting quite a bit about it, and we'll continue to do that. But mm-hmm. do you know what's on the second website, Mike? Um, it, well, there's a store. There are products that you can purchase for you <laughs> and your loved ones. <laughs> well, Mike, do we do we still have merchandise? <laughs> we have merchandise. Well, we got T-shirts and coffee mugs and all kinds of crap. <laughs> and one of the one of the coolest parts, we also do have <laughs> all the recovery books from Hazelden, which is kind of a big deal. That um, is a least- big deal. Eh, at least for us. So all the books that we read, God grant me 24 hours, the big book, the 12 and 12, um, all of those books are available for sale on our website. And they once are. again, that, that store website is www.sober. <laughs> Trying to help, man. I know you are. You're not helping, though. Okay, now I got to say www.sobernotmatureshop.com. Dot so, com. Dot com. Visit that today or visit the, the podcast website, which is, again, you know the podcast website, so. Uh, com. <laughs> Did you just say sober but not mature? <laughs> yeah, <I'm> sure. <laughs> Write that down. Yeah, like fucking mush mouth or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. You've suffered enough with this, and uh, we'll get back to what we were talking about previously. So visit the websites, though. All right, everyone, welcome back. And uh, I think we were in the woods when we left, right? <laughs> or, were we, or were we in the Boston in the springtime? <laughs> I, you know what? Uh, I know I wasn't in the woods because that freaks me the hell out. But oh, anyway, really? does? <laughs> I'm a city boy. You know what? You're a city boy. Okay, got it. You know what was funny? Originally was from when... Detroit, lived in California for like 20 some years, and now I'm in Cleveland and I'm not going anywhere. When, you know, when, you when she was talking it. about that, though, I was thinking that this this house out in the middle of nowhere that was secluded, I'm like, that, that'd that be perfect for you, just away from people, but no, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I like the amenities. I, You know, I stay away from the people, I just want the stuff. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Well, you know, I was in grad, my graduate school was in California, so I lived in San Diego for six years. And ah. you guys were talking about Joan Jett, and I saw Joan Jett in San Diego. Yeah. We're going to see her next weekend. I know. That was so funny. I saw her at this place called The Belly Up, which was like, I don't know. It's just this small little club. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm talking, you know, I was there in the late 1990s. So that's a long, God, I can't believe it. 20 years ago. Let's let's do the the math, right? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, you know, I lived in Hollywood in the late 80s. So, yeah. There you go. Well, wasn't uh, and you survived I, I, it? Uh, yeah, barely. <laughs> barely. <laughs> well, I think when uh, when Marin um, had interviewed Joan Jett and her manager, I think she talked about the belly mm-hmm. up. That sounds 
That sounds familiar. Oh, that's so. so funny. You know, you guys talked about Mark Marin, and he's funny. One of my best friends loves him. Mm-hmm. loves his podcast mm-hmm. to me you know everybody connects with whomever they connect with but sometimes he's so edgy and angry that I, want to, <laughs> I want to do a fourth step with him i want to say look you need to work through some of your resentments but oh, um, he has he's mellowed out quite a bit he's mellowed out a little bit maybe i'm oh, like yeah. him now yeah yeah well i mean yeah. you know comparatively it's he's still angry and, he's and still bitter angry. and yeah yes, you know, exactly. it's fine though Right, but he's yeah, also he got, what, tw- 28 years or something like that. So, you know, he's doing something right. He's doing something. <laughs> and I mean, my gosh, he's done those podcasts forever. I mean, he was mm-hmm. one of the early people to do it. Yeah. Yeah, because I think it yeah. was, wasn't his um, 2000, was it six or 2009, Mike, when he started? Somewhere around there. Yeah, he's been doing it for a long time. He's been doing it a long time. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just, it's one of those things where uh, Mike started listening to him. God, I don't even know how long ago, but he had mentioned it to me because I, I downloaded some of those episodes when I went down to Florida, and that was, shit, seven or eight years ago. Yeah. I was listening to him on, on the plane when I when I flew down to Florida to visit our other cousins. And, um, you know, just I kind of got away from it, but now I, I listen to him bits and pieces. I go between Sober Podcasts and... Um, Mark Marin usually if uh, if yeah. I'm listening to something during yeah. the day while I'm working because uh, yep. he's he has uh, I mean some of these celebrities um, he's had some in my opinion really interesting conversations conversations and he's, yeah well, he's so clear about that that he, he tries to avoid the word interview you know because he's he's not doing that he's just talking shit with them you know which is kind of fun right so right which is nice no you know if for me it's like i'll see someone that i kind of want to that i'm interested in and then i'll listen to that particular one right right um yeah so i mean you bounce around right i mean sometimes i'm in a mood for a certain type of podcast and sometimes in a mood for something else mm-hmm. so um do you guys ever listen to smart list i don't think i've heard of that one smart nope, list is um it's really fun it's i don't know if you know will arnett sure sure okay will arnett is sober and he had a tv show that he did called um flaked yep and yeah and that was really about his relapse and he was sober for 16 years and then he relapsed and now he's sober again he and Jason Bateman, who did Arrested Development, the TV show, mm-hmm. they both are sober. And Bateman's been sober probably 25 years. So when, and then Sean Hayes, who was in Will of Grace. So the three of them, you know, probably two years ago, started this podcast during the, you know, virus. And at first they just had people on that they knew from the program, like Robert Downey Jr., Dax Shepard, like all these sober celebrities. And so the beginning was really just kind of their friends, but now it's become like this incredibly popular podcast, but it's hilarious. I mean, they're, they're sober and they mention their sobriety or they'll joke with each other about, Oh God, remember that time. But Mm -hmm. um, they're just really funny. So it's a nice, it's a fun podcast if you ever want to laugh and they have, you know, celebrities on. So we know what's funny is uh, um, Mike, Kathy, our our sister literally is just, talking about that last night she was watching i walked downstairs and she was watching uh, a movie with jason bateman and she's like she's like have you ever heard that podcast that she just starts naming off the oh, names that's so and, funny yeah literally yeah. literally <laughs> last night she was just talking about that she didn't I don't remember hilarious. her saying the name but you said it's smartless smartless okay yeah i mean it's a joke because you know they're right. they they're acting like 
they just are really dumb and it's there's you know because they started it kind of as a joke just to like do something <laughs> and it's become so popular i went to see them actually like a year ago they start they did a tour and and conan o'brien was their guest in boston and it was fun oh, yeah cool. they're just fun i mean nice. we need a laugh i mean you know you gotta have a sense of humor. Rule sixty-two. I mean, my gosh! You know, I'm looking I, at it right now. That's right. We have to have fun. I mean, yep. Yeah. Well, you know what's what's funny too, when you mentioned that uh, you know you'll listen to podcasts based on an individual. Uh, and we have we've had that throughout the time that we've been doing this. That it will see the spike. You know, in the numbers. You know, you get a particular individual that has a, whatever, there's a lot of followers, a lot of friends, whatever, and everyone yeah. goes in and listens. And then we'll yep. usually grab onto a couple of them, you know, because our, sure. our average, we're, we're small. I mean, we, we do not have a ton of people, don't have a ton of, um, you well, know, you even followers. Started. Yeah, a year and yeah. a half ago, just about. But, yeah. um, you know, the thing of it is, and the one thing that we talk about, which is really cool and what we appreciate is, well, first of all, <laughs> we, we kind of started it like a joke too, you know. I mean, it, it mm -hmm. we had no real... Um, well, we didn't have a plan. I was going to say no real plan, but no plan. All we were <laughs> no going to do, at all. all we were going to do was get together um, every Friday night and talk and record it. And if anyone listened, great. And it's turned out, you know, to or turned into this from there, which has been cool. But um, which is great. Yeah, I mean the the thing of it is though is that our followers on Instagram and the people who listen to us, and, and I always explain it this way: it's a it's a small group of people, but they're very very loyal and they're very yeah. engaged. Mm -hmm. You know, nice. um, and that's it. Whether, even if we always stay, you know, in this smaller, you know, niche type of thing, like our followers will grow on Instagram here and there. And, you know, we'll get these bumps and blips in, in the podcast. But the whole point is, is that the people who listen to us, we have people that send us messages and at the end tell us to fuck off. It happens all the time, you know, and I, I just posted a picture today uh, on Instagram and this one dude had just put in there. He's like, oh, popular with the ladies, because that's part of our intro, <laughs> you know, and it's just stuff like that. That's that's really fucking cool, you know, and it's just right. Um, right. we've had people walk up and you did you hear our intro? And Mike says shooting our wad into the wind. Right. <laughs> and that's that's that was that was our plan. <laughs> that was right. that was taken from an episode at six months when we were talking about the progress of the of the podcast at that time. So, right. Um, but right. I mean, the, the thing of it is, I've learned so much from other podcasts. It's a it's an endless well of conversations for us. And that's Absolutely. where I get a lot of my topics. I'll listen to these things. I'll make notes. And then we end up talking about it because it reminds me of something or I think it's an interesting topic, you know? So right. it's been, right. it's been cool. This whole thing's been a lot, been a lot of fun. Plus we get to meet it people like, like you. It sounds like you guys are having a blast, oh, which is good. It is. It's... And you meet a lot of nice people. I mean, I, you know, just in the time I've put out the book and now we've put out, we started this little YouTube channel and we have this woman helping us who's kind of revamped my website. And it's like, you just keep meeting more and more really neat. And some people you connect more with and are more sure. kind of, mm -hmm. you know, you're on the same path and others are not, but it's, it's really neat. Yeah. It's really neat. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about, talk about your book. Um, I know you mentioned the YouTube channel to me early on when we were emailing back and forth. And then you mentioned it again, uh, a couple of emails ago, but let's, Give you right. take an opportunity to talk All about right. your book. Let's let's try to get people to buy this thing too because it's a cool book. <laughs> You're you know? so funny. Well, it's it another it's right. another purpose, you know, for being on here. Sell some books, man. Well, so the thing is this is that you know, and I've I say this in the beginning of the book. So I saw people 
I still see people in a variety of ways, but you know, for 30 some years say, and I say this at the beginning in the book that if, if all my patients, A, learned how to set boundaries and B, spoke up for what they needed, I wouldn't have a job. <laughs> and, you know, it just seemed like everybody had these issues with not being able to speak their truth. Mm. And, to me, that's really what codependency is. I mean, codependency really is not being able to be who you are because you're so preoccupied with what everybody else thinks and feels that you become very detached from what you think and feel. So, mm -hmm. I mean, in the old days, you know, I'm sure you guys know this, like in the 80s, Melody Beattie came out with Codependent No More and there were... You know, people wrote books like Jonathan Bradshaw, you know, and there was the inner child person and there was the family systems person. And then, you know, the adult child phenomenon came around and, you know, Janet Voigt, I can't remember, Voigt's and Claudia Black and these authors wrote about what it's like to grow up in alcoholic families. So there was this whole movement for years. And but the beginning, the initial definition you know, the early definition was really kind of the classic housewife married to the male alcoholic. And that was someone who was codependent. And really what I'm trying to do, and I think how it's evolved over the years is I really think everybody's codependent. I don't mm -hmm. like the word because it's overused, but I do think on a spectrum you know, on one hand, we could have, say, a, you know, a, some parents I saw that remortgaged their house three times to get their kid in treatment again. I would say they were enabling because they were mm -hmm. sacrificing their own life for their kid's addiction and he was not taking it seriously. But right. they kept getting worse and worse and he kept getting worse and worse. And that's really what I talk about in the beginning of the book is that it's really a delusion. Enabling behavior and codependent behavior, the fantasy is, oh, I'm helping someone. But mm -hmm. really the reality is you're hurting them and you're hurting yourself. So it doesn't work. And I right. call it the big lie. Did you want to say something? Go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm, no. Just, I'm, okay. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, so, uh, you know, my feeling was after seeing clients for so long and really feeling that people got, would get sober, but really the underlying stuff to me was all the relationship stuff, which was how I saw their codependent, what I call co-crazy behavior, which was repetitively pattern, you know, repetitive patterns of getting into relationships that didn't work and mm. yet not really knowing how to change and being driven by, like it says in the big book, a hundred forms of fear mm -hmm. and, you know, not the fears like fear of snakes or phobias, but the interpersonal fears, the fear of being rejected, the fear of abandonment, the fear of not mm -hmm. being liked, the fear of not being loved, the fear of being, you Come know, on alone. Mm -hmm. Yes. The fear of being alone. So, I mean, you know, when I did my fear list in my fourth step, I think I had like 85 fears <laughs> sure. and, you know, so, you know, and everybody does the fear part, you know, differently, but with the person that I ended up doing the most recent one with, you know, it was, when did you first have the fear? What happened? And 
you know, what I know of fear, I, I believe, and this could be wrong, is there's two fears you're born with. There's the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. But the mm. rest of the fears are accumulated from birth, from your right. experiences. And the thing is, most of those experiences are with other people. So right. if you're growing up in a home and you're, you know, you guys have heard your stories. I listened to the first couple of episodes. If your parent leaves when you're nine years old or whatever, and you believe that you had something to do with that, even though it mm -hmm. wasn't your fault at all, then right. you might develop the fear, oh, some people are going to leave me or I can't, or fear of intimacy. I can't get close to people because I'm going to sure. be hurt right. you know, or whatever. And those fears are really at the base of codependent behavior. So that's what I really saw. The big issues that were really across the board in my practice with people in recovery and people, you know, even trying to get sober, trying to, you know, trying to speak up to their partners and tell them what they need, but they can't. So they end up drinking, you know, I mean, I had a client, oh man, just, just in the last year relapse after seven years. And, mm. you know, what I saw was, you know, the classic, like you talk about, like they stop going to meetings right. and like yep. they get really busy and, you know, they're focusing on their kids, but really, Another part of it is they're accumulating these fears and these resentments and this shame and this guilt or whatever feelings, and they mm -hmm. just don't want to confront reality. They don't want to confront their marriages. They don't want to confront the issues with their kids, and they can't escape anymore. And then the next thing you know, they're drinking. Right. Right. And you know, so those relationship issues to me are really the things that take people out. I mean, we know that from, you know, just sponsoring people, mm -hmm. you know, they fall in love and then the next thing you know, they're used. <laughs> it's, right. it's not well, funny. I mean, it's not no. funny, but well, it, yeah, it kind of, but, uh, <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it, yeah, again, I, I think it all comes down to the, the control issues. Yes. You, know, you, you, you fall in love and then you, you, you want them to be a certain way and guess what? Yes. They're not and you can't handle it. Yes. Right. <laughs> like you talked about the pandemic stuff, you know, we're prepared for this shit. You know, right. we understand that we don't have any power. The only power I have, and I've read it in your book today and I've read it in other places, you know, yep. the only power we have is our reaction to things. That's yes. it. That's yep. it. I cannot yep. control anything. I sure as hell can't control myself. I can just control my reactions to all the bullshit that's going on around me and the good stuff that's going on around me too. You know, yes. I can I can react wrong to that. I have <laughs> plenty of times in my life. Oh, shit's going great. I better go celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh -huh. no, but you're so right. Because, well, in control, of course, is the response to fear, right? If I'm right. terrified, I'm in a, you know, and, and that's a huge part of being a codependent, you know, and mm -hmm. in the paradigm of like the alcoholic, you know, husband and the housewife, what happens? And this often happens when I see couples, you know, the partner is spends all their time trying to control the person's drinking and what happens, mm -hmm. they can't. Right. And then the person who's drinking just becomes enraged and then <laughs> right. they just drink more. Right. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't work for anybody. Right. Do you know what I mean? And the solution is 
focus on yourself. Mm -hmm. And when a couple comes in and the wife's like, well, if he just stops drinking, our lives would be fine. It's, <laughs> it's bullshit. Right. Right. You know what yes, I mean? The fact is when he stops drinking, all hell's going to break loose. Cause you're yes, be now in your marriage that right. you haven't dealt with for the last 15 years. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, and I, and it, I often, when I say, well, actually both of you have issues they, one person has alcoholism and the other person has the codependency or the right. co, you know, co-addiction they used to call mm -hmm. it. Sure. But they don't want to admit that they're part <laughs> of the problem. And right. that's why I really wrote this book too. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's, you know? it's funny because they, uh, um, well, I mean, the whole part when we first got sober and going through the, um, you know, your, your fourth, your fourth step. I mean, the, the whole point of that, the fourth step and what they taught us, and I talking about other sober people taught us going up to that was whatever it is, find your part in it. And that's, yes. it's, it's tough. And, and I was never, <laughs> never one to admit my, uh, my part in anything before I got sober and getting to that point right. like, well, this person came up and punched me in the face. How in that, how in that, right. how is that my fault? Right. Well, I was there. Right. Well, okay. You know, it, it may not be the complete answer, but then the whole, you know, people, places and things stuff. And we've talked about this on here before. That's part yep. of my, I do a set of prayers in the morning, plus my readings. And then a set of prayers at night, my prayers yep. in the morning go one way. My prayers at night just go backwards. That's all that it is. Yep. You know, and yep. basically the, I tell myself twice a day at a minimum, that's what I'm doing those prayers, people, places, and things. I can't control them. And I started right. that when we were still at the sober living facility because I was freaking the fuck out at everything and everybody right. and, and trying to control everything. And, and Mike Absolutely. and I, he's only laughing because he knows um, yep. <laughs> he was there. And there are still right. things that, you know, I, I'll get to this point, thankfully now, for the most part, if I'm trying to control something, I feel uncomfortable and I'll right. pick up on it. Or the yes. other thing too, is there there's, I've got, I'm, I'm grateful that I have two people that for any major decision I can turn to. And I do one of them is on this podcast. The other one is downstairs. It's Mike and my sister. And they both yep. serve different purposes in my life when it comes to my decisions, mm -hmm. but I need both yep. of them, you know? Yep. So especially over the last, whether, you know, I don't know, three, four months, we've been doing all this different stuff that and things that I'm working on, I go to them first. And I'm like, this is what I'm thinking. Is, is my right. head right? You know, um, yes. I want to do this. Is this, you know, is this financially, you know, the, the right thing to do? And that's what I go to my sister for. Mike would probably yep. spend the money with me, <laughs> but, but not one, not let me do the immoral thing, you know, so <laughs> he'll make, he'll make me do something that's, that's, morally correct but we're still spending some fucking money and, and right. kathy's going to make sure that she's might be back and forth she'll go yeah let's do the moral thing but maybe you don't need to spend the money you know so <laughs> I, both of them right. serve different purposes but i i need that right you know right. i need that accountability because i can still be i am still a control freak but a lot better you know so right right but yeah the, right well i mean yeah like i always say you know i mean the first step thank christ is the only one we have to do perfectly <laughs> You know, and yeah, we're powerless and it's all right there. We're powerless over fucking everything and our right. lives are unmanageable. You know, 13 years into this, almost 40 years into this to you, do you manage your own life or do you let outside sources, forces manage your life? Right. 
you know, the principles and the, the steps and the program. Right. That's what manages right. my life. Right. I, I try to manage my own life. I'm going to fuck it up because I did it for 42 <laughs> right. years. The self-reliance, you know, self-reliance yeah. fails, man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But so you, yeah, you said, a, you said an ahead. interesting thing real quick before you go on to a, maybe a different yeah. subject. You said codependency is overused. Do you think people are using that as like a crutch word or, or just explain that a little bit more? I just think it gets lost. I mean, I, I just think the word, I mean, maybe it's me because I've been hearing it since 19, <laughs> you know, 80. Right. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I could be tired of it, but I think it's really funny because, um, Oh gosh, I could go on another tangent, but I think you yeah, just throw that. the word around. But there is also it's interesting because there's an article written right when I came out uh, with the book. There's an article written in the New York Times, and it was something about because this book I just read, she puts it in the bibliography, and it was a woman who said, you know, codependency doesn't exist. It's blaming the victim, basically. And basically, it was this whole article how, you know, it really, you know, it was kind of this article bashing, you know, codependency recovery and saying that, you know, we can't blame the housewife for the husband's addiction. And, you know, it's like they they take these extreme positions <laughs> where, like, you can't kick your son out when he's homeless. And, you know, like making these just kind of assumptions rather than, well, it really depends on the, you know, it depends on the situation. Nobody yes. is saying all or nothing. But believe me, if if parents have their, you know, 30-year-old kid drinking in the basement, drinking Budweiser's all night and not paying rent, yeah, I'm going to tell him to kick his ass out. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you know, if you've given him a bunch of options and told him, hey, if you can't get a job within the next 30 days and stop drinking, I'm going to ask you to leave and you say that, the best thing you can do for that kid is ask him to leave. Right. You're yep. not helping him by letting him live in your basement drinking Budweiser's. I mean, so anyways, there's kind of this whole... not movement, but definitely some articles and, you know, some people are mentioning it out there about, you know, that it's, I've had someone on my first podcast I did with this woman who does an ACOA podcast. She had a a person write in that, you know, we were blaming the victim Mm. and I'm not, I'm not blaming any, but any individual party. I'm just saying, everybody is a part of the problem. It's not just the alcoholic and it's not just their partner, but it's everyone. Everyone has a part. And so that's kind of my message is that. Oh, absolutely. You know, know, right. Well, I don't know if you can relate to this, but we want a simple, quick fix. We don't (laughs) want to put any work into it. The other Amen. person's the problem. I'm not the problem. Right. right. And that go, right. And like you were talking about earlier, you know, the, the normies, they have that attitude too. And unfortunately it's, um, it's kind of everywhere now, you know, nobody wants to take personal responsibility. Right. Nobody wants to put in any work. You know, this is fucking hard, man. You know, I, I've worked my ass off to be sober yep. for the last 13 years, yep. you know, and I work at it every day. You know, right. I have to, I have to, cause yep. I have this disease. That's that wants right. me to fucking dead. And That's it wants right. me to take a whole bunch of people with me. And yep. I don't want to do that anymore. So I yep. put the work in and it's not simple and it's, it's not easy. Right. You know, it is simple. It's not easy, 
Right. And, and you have to put the work in. And, and like you said, you know, everybody's to blame. Everybody has to take responsibility for the problem. Otherwise, yeah, the I mean, problem's you can not going to get solved. Yeah. And you can, I mean, you can say like the whole country is codependent because everybody's mm. pointing the finger and everybody wants everybody else to change <laughs> instead of just focusing on themselves. Yep. And that's really the definition too. Like my yep. happiness is based on what someone else does. <laughs> and if that's not a setup for freaking unhappiness, right. mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like I'm right. only going to be happy if my kid behaves a certain way, or I'm only going to be happy if my husband behaves a certain way. You're screwed. And it's yep. not that you don't have a voice and it's not that you can't set limits. And it's not that I can't sure. say to my 20 year old, Hey, when you do this, you know, this doesn't work for me. Could we, you know, could we figure something else out? It's mm -hmm. not all or nothing. Right. Do you know what I mean? And Absolutely. so again, it's like, and you know, the other thing is like, I heard the other day rage bait, some term called rage bait, which is basically <laughs> never heard of you that. Know, <laughs> yeah, that like the people that are the most controversial and the most upsetting get the most clicks. Oh, well, sure. And, yeah. it's, and so it's like, I'm not interested in that. It's like, I, you know, I've spent 40 years trying to get some peace of mind. Thank like, you. I, you know, I'm not <laughs> interested in like, you know, I don't watch the news anymore for that reason. Nope. I, you know, I don't do a lot of things that, you know, at the beginning of the virus, when the fear bombs were coming out of the TV, I was like, mm -hmm. nope. Right. You nope. know, so I just, but, you know, in some circles and in some media, that's what sells. And mm -hmm. that's unfortunate. Right. You know, that's well, unfortunate. You know, chaos is very addicting, too. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know, you got yes. all this fucking turmoil. You don't have to look at yourself. Yeah. All this well, craziness that... is around me. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Mike, that's really the definition too. It's that right. if I can, if I can point that someone else is the problem and, yep. you know, I give examples in my book, I have, you know, moms that, you know, have a 25 year old daughter that they spend, you know, two hours on the phone a day with to try to solve their problems. But mm. really it's about the mom not wanting to find her own life. Mm -hmm. And let her daughter go and right. grieve and feel the loss and let her daughter mm -hmm. be launched and suffer her own pain, have mm -hmm. her own consequences and grow the fuck up. <laughs> right. Like you're not helping your 20, you know, your 25 year old when you're doing that. Exactly. So you know, again, I never wore it's... a helmet or knee pads or elbow pads when I rode a bike when I was a kid, ever. Yeah. And oh. I'm here. Right. <laughs> we don't even want to go down that road, Mike, because right. I swear to God, yeah, I have this thing I say to my son sometimes. I'm like, people are just too precious these days, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is so mean. But it's nope. like, you know what I mean? We're oh, all yes. in this human thing together. It's like none of us are getting out alive. It's right. really hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just kind of be supportive of one another and help each other out. Right. But and realize yeah. that you're going to scrape your knee once in a yes. while. It's okay. Yes. And it's funny because I literally was talking to someone that my next book is going to be on parenting because mm. my whole, I have such, and I give a lot of examples of parenting in my book because these days, and I just talked to my sister-in-law today, who's a psychiatric nurse. Mm -hmm. And she said that 
and her sister's a psychiatric, a pediatric psychiatric nurse. And they are saying now that it's not the kids, it's the parents, because the kids are just basically like the parents, because they're working full time, because they have guilt, because of a thousand reasons are just Mm -hmm. overcompensating, way indulging their kids and they're going to create monsters. And it's not helping their kids to become self-supporting individuals. Mm -hmm. I I read it in your book today. Um, Yeah. yeah, You know, packing your kid's backpack. Right. He's going to think that he doesn't know how to do it. Yes. That was was great. I love that. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But you know what it is, though? Parents can't tolerate, and this is what it is, bottom line with codependency recovery and really addiction recovery is Mm -hmm. I need to be able to tolerate what's happening inside my body. So Mm -hmm. if I say to my kid, no, you can't have a cookie, I don't give them the cookie because they're having the tantrum. I give them the cookie because I can't tolerate Mm -hmm. my discomfort of watching them have a tantrum. (laughs) And I'm not saying it's fun, but I'm saying it's all about learning how to tolerate what's happening inside of us. Absolutely. And and, and, and not allow your children to run the show. No. No, Because (laughs) it's not good for them. Because they don't know what the hell they're doing. So they're going to think they're going to grow up and they're going to think that they have all the answers and and they don't. They're wrong. Yeah, I know. Boundaries help kids feel safe, especially young kids. Yeah. They need to know that you're the parents, not their friend. Sorry. Maybe their friend later in life when they're much older, but Mm -hmm. no, you're the parent. Right. So anyway. I mean, you know, my mother was not mother of the year by any stretch of the means. but, But I knew. I mean, she'd look at me and go, I'm bigger than you. And she was right. She was right. bigger than me. She could right. take me. I had to right. do what she said. Yeah, right. and that, that served me well. She didn't always right. do it the right way, but it did in the long run right. serve me well. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, and, and you had talked about, yeah. Sarah, too, that, you know, people with opinions, and you mentioned, like, the, the podcast, if some, that they got a complaint. Um, I, I listen to, once again, a lot of podcasts, and it, I've joked with yeah. Mike about it, and I'm like, I listen to these podcasts, and they flat out say that, and these are recovery podcasts, they're like, they, they'll say, we're not giving advice, and we're not going to offer our opinion, and I'm like, well, why the fuck are you talking to us? You know? I mean... <laughs> why am I listening? Right, but the, but I keep listening, because I'm like, I'm like... I'm, it blows my mind because so here's the thing what like what Mike and I try to do is is I think what you're what you're doing you're giving your opinion based on your own experiences mm-hmm. right you know with everything right. you talked about and everything that's in your book and when we get on here and we talk about recovery we make it very clear about what we went through in the program that we used and the steps that we went through specifically um, we're not preaching we're not big book thumpers we're not preaching that AA right. is the only way to go um, no. Nope. We're, this is not an AA san- sanctioned podcast. We don't. The only thing yep. we do is we'll we'll mention the big book and read a line every once in a while. We don't we don't, yep. we don't run a meeting here. But the thing of it right. is, is that we do have opinions on how things work, and it's based on four, 13 years. I almost said fourteen. Damn it. <laughs> it's, no fronts. I know. I know. So it's but it's it's based on thirteen years of experience, some hardship, and and a lot of fucking yes. work. Like Mike says. And here's the That's other thing right. when like when Mike was talking about that and I agree with it. So when people look at, at you at 40 years plus sober, people look at us at 13 years plus sober and maybe they think they're like, well, shit, man, 
you guys have it easy. No. Okay, you don't you don't see what's going on. It's like the you know people always use the example of the duck on the pond type of thing. You know, everything right. looks all smooth, but all they don't see all the shit that goes in in the background, and everything that we do on a daily basis to make sure, you know, that shit doesn't go the other direction. Right. And if we right. just got up and you know whistle our way through life and didn't do anything to to if we didn't do the work, both of us are going to drink and both of us are going to die. Then it's not so fucking right. easy anymore. <laughs> amen. You know, so no, amen. And I mean, you've seen that over the years oh, too. God, like, yeah. I mean, they used to say, like, I mean, and I don't know if this is true, but j- like, they used to say between five and ten years, there's all these like gaps of like people getting coins and stuff. Because I do think, you know, someone gets a few years, and then you know, maybe they haven't done some of the work, and shit starts to get real, right? And it, if you don't have the support. And you don't start to dive in a little bit, you know, it, it, what I see is it starts coming out somewhere else. So either someone Mm -hmm. starts like having a food addiction or someone starts having an affair of their, on their wives, or someone starts getting addicted to porno or like, it's gonna come out somewhere. You know, we can't escape this shit. Like you're either going to dive in or it's going to pop up somewhere else. I mean, that's my experience. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, the whole point of this is to make us better people. Right. And that right. takes work. Right. right. Our, uh, our sponsor, <laughs> you know Mike and I, Mike and I shared a, uh, a sponsor in Cleveland for that year or so before I had moved, right. uh, moved back. But first of all, he's a good dude and he's been sober a long time and we both love and respect him. He's a wonderful human being. But um, yep. I think when I remember these guys in this one meeting that we went to, and this is the meeting that Mike was talking about before, where they asked, you know, how versus what we were doing. But, um, you know, that it to begin with, it's like get that first year, then, you know, then you're, you, that's your, yep. that's, that's where everything starts. Then when you hit your year, they're like, eh, you're not really in this thing until you get three. And then when you hit three, they're like, eh, that five <laughs> years is really when. You know, when you're when you hit your stride in this thing and then you hit five and then they're like, you know, it's a, it's the double digits you got to hit before. And then, you know, <laughs> what they're doing is like they're they're making a very, very clear point that I probably didn't get until I was three or four years sober that you got to keep doing this shit every fucking day. You know, so one year yep. is cool. Two years is great. 40 years is wonderful. But what about the 41st and the 42nd? All this shit can go away for you at, at 40 plus years as easily as it could be for somebody with four days. You know, I mean. Well, and you've heard this, too. I mean, you know, a friend of mine heard the other night, like a woman who had 39 years and relapsed. And I mean, it happens all the time. And and the other thing is, and I'm not someone, and you might, you guys might disagree with me, but to me, it's not about the time because I do know people with 40 years of sobriety who are nuts. Oh God, do you know yeah, what right, I'm right. saying? So oh, I yeah. mean, and I know people with two years of sobriety that'll blow your minds. Right. So mm-hmm. it's not really the length of time; it's really what people are doing in their recovery. I mean, that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have a we have a phrase here in Cleveland. Yeah, they just changed their breath. They didn't change anything else. They're not drinking. Right. Yeah, but they're they're still complete assholes, or they're still right. crazy, or they're still That's yeah, right. right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. We were just I mean, again, I went, like I said, we, this yes. is to make us better people. You know, the yeah, drinking and I is. I really got that from you guys listening to your podcast. That was one thing that really was impressive to me is you really talk about that. Like, this is about becoming a better human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's right. who I am. I mean, it's like we're supposed to be of service. 
you know, help another alcoholic, live this program, you know, be functioning adults. I mean, have integrity, be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these right. things. All this you know? stuff. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, again, yeah. okay. Last time for tonight. I'm going to quote the big book, right? <laughs> alcohol, is ju- alcohol is just a symptom. Yes. Crack is just a symptom, which means heroin is it. just a symptom, which means cheating and lying and thieving. They're all symptoms. I'm with the you. The root of our troubles, we think, is selfishness, selfishness and self-centeredness. And Yep, yes. that's the root of our problem. I it agree. just manifests itself in all these fucking other ways. Right. So if we stop yes. being so goddamn selfish, we actually care about other people, or at least yes. act like we care about other people. <laughs> Eventually we will care about them. But yeah, right. We start changing the way we act, you know. Um, I mean yes. that's you know yes. not to impugn your your uh profession. Oh but, god, no. I mean no, the but, no, but listen, no, um, yeah, go ahead. our our sponsor Joe, he he said, look, alcohol, alcohol synonymous is the exact op- opposite of psychology, right? Psychologists and psychiatrists want to change the way you think so you act differently. A wants to change the way you act so you think differently. Interesting. That's nice. the way it works. That's the way it worked for me. Because, right. like, you know, when I, when I first tried to get sober out in California, it was very psychologically based right. program I was in. And right. it didn't work for me. You know, yeah. I, I remember being on the floor playing with Hot Wheels because they wanted us to get in touch with our inner child. <laughs> Fuck that. I never grew <laughs> up. To put the substances down first. Right. You know? well, I, I did. And then I was playing with Hot Wheels. And right. my point was, I, I, inner child, my inner child was ruling my life. Right. You know, I was right. I was completely, you know, my my emotions and, and my impulses were running my life. Yeah, that was my problem. There was I no to grow the fuck up. I didn't right. need to get in touch with anything. I need to get in touch with my balls. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a sexual way. In a masculine I way. I need, <laughs> right. I need to, I I need to touch my balls and I promise I will not enjoy it. <laughs> right. But no, but you were you were talking about like the, the time and things like that. And I, I'm not gonna completely disagree with that, oh but I'm gonna God. agree on one end, but slightly disagree on the other. But okay. the People with it, we were just talking about it uh, within the last handful of episodes that um, personally I'd rather, not rather, but I really enjoy hanging around people that are between one to three years sober uh, because mm. they're so fresh. It's like hanging around a, like a child, you know, the children that yes. just want to learn and grow and they're so excited about shit because I don't have that type of, um, I don't know, that excitement anymore. I, I'm cool with what I do and I've got a mm. process and I do it every day and I do the work, but I don't have that type of motivation that people have. But when it comes to time, and Mike and I, everything you just said about the quality of it, I agree completely. Three years of quality sober time beats 30 years of just changing your breath, like Mike said. Um, you know, right. But for me, if I'm, if I'm doing the work, which hopefully I am, um, every one of those days is hugely important. And we were taught that time matters. But again, it's, mm-hmm. that, it's that caveat, time matters. But the assumption in Cleveland is that you're going to do the work. You know, so that that point right. in time, you're gonna do something with that time. Yeah, and it, right. there was never. Yeah, you're not just gonna sit on your ass. Yeah, and there was never a question when we were out there that you know you're gonna have five years sober and you didn't do shit. That that wasn't that wasn't what we were taught. You know, I mean, it just <laughs> wasn't. No. So, but but the thing of it is, so and we get we get really humbled still, you know, by every anniversary. Right. And I personally, yep. I, I look at my sobriety counter every day. People who don't 
you know, look at it or, or recognize the time, it, it blows my mind because that makes me nervous. Because when I look at that, I'm like, okay, this is what I work for. This is what I accomplished, but this right. is what I can lose. You know, it's like right. somebody just gave right. me an A on my paper and I just got to, all I got to do is maintain it, you know. Um, but if I fuck up, it goes down to a B or a C and then I fail, you know. Right. And that's what's going right. to happen to my recovery. If I, if, if I'm doing all the right things, I'm cool. Making myself a better person, my little corner of the world. Right, Mike. And then, um, Absolutely. but if I start, you know, again, stopping this or switching this, my, my quality of my sobriety is going to drop sooner or later. I'm going to drink and then I'm right. fucked, you know, done. Right. So, right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't want to pick up anymore, but I mean, again, right. like we got one day, right. But you know, we got one day. So, yeah, yeah. I got I mean, today. I, I got right now. I got this got moment. right now. And I'm very, very aware. I mean, I think that's why staying connected to the program is so critical because you do have the awareness of people relapsing, of people coming back, of people, yep. you know, having, or not you know, coming I, back. Right? Yeah. yeah, or not coming back. I mean, I was at a meeting last night. I spoke on um, step 10. And this woman shared who had like 25 years, but she got addicted to gambling. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? And she said the gambling almost took her back to drinking. So she finally had to quit the gambling because it got her so, you know, so I mean, again, if you don't kind of look at that underlying stuff, it is going to come out somewhere, you know? Right. So, yeah. So then um, you also have the YouTube channel. First of all, um, and I've got the name of your book in, um, in, the notes and I will again and all those yes. sort of things, but name your book yeah. one more time just so they can hear it from you. Yeah. It's called co-crazy one psychologist recovery from codependency and addiction, a memoir and roadmap for freedom, because I do feel like, you know, we get free from the booze and drugs, but mm -hmm. you know, then relationship struggles can really take us down. It took me down. So, um, yeah. And, you know, if people can't afford it, like I was going to say, I know you guys are connected with halfway houses or, you know, I'm willing to donate some books someplace if there's a place you want me to donate books. So I've been sending them out to treatment centers across the country and I connect with, you know, I'll send them to podcasters or whatever. And so I don't mind. I really believe so passionately in it and I believe in sobriety and I'm so, um, you know, enthusiastic about it like you guys. Right. So um, I like spreading the message. So, yeah. So uh, what happened is, I don't know if you guys, did you guys do any Zoom meetings? Um, yeah, yeah, both no? of us. Both of us did. Both of us did. Yeah. So when the virus happened and, you know, people can go to meetings, I would meet with certain people in parking lots and stuff, depending what month it was. And mm -hmm. then I got hooked into this eight o'clock morning meeting every day. And I met all these people from the Cape, from Michigan, from different places in the country and um, one of the people is the guy that I do the YouTube channel with. So he had asked me, he and his wife were struggling with codependency stuff. Mm -hmm. And they said to me, hey, would you mind doing a codependency group on, on Zoom? And I said, sure. So starting like in you know 2021, I started doing a Zoom group for a bunch of people that were in that meeting on codependency. And we use some stuff out of the book and I do give homework and stuff. And um, he is an, a, he's an attorney, he's sober maybe, I think he's sober seven years. 
and he and I just have the same sense of humor, to be honest with you. I mean, you guys know what it's right. like when you meet someone who has the same sense of humor. So right. we decided to create this YouTube channel and make it fun because like I've listened to trauma for the last 30 years and I just like, again, trauma is another word that's overused, but anyways, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's a whole other episode, right. you yep. guys. Um, but so I said, look, I'd love to do a channel. We can pick a topic each week and we'll give examples from our lives and then we'll give a tool at the end and you know we'll have like 10 minute clips so we started making these videos in january and the name of the channel is called leaving crazy town so it's on youtube and just type in leaving crazy town and so far we have almost 50 videos up and you know i think we have like 140 subscribers or something so you know, people are starting to kind of go to it, mainly people from our meetings. But um, we just recently got hooked in with a woman who has a online sober magazine. And sh- sh- her name is Elise Bryson. And she has a magazine called The Sober Curator. And that's online. And so she's been helping us kind of revamp the channel. And she's really talented with media. And um, so she's been kind of helping us get the word out there and so we're really into it. And like you guys with your podcast, we have so much fun mm-hmm. and that's, what's going to keep us doing it. So we talk about, like, I think last week it was like, you know, five ways, you know, you're in crazy town, you know what I mean? <laughs> and um, So, you know, you'll have some laughs and you'll identify. And some weeks we talk about addiction but in the book, all the tools in the book are called Leaving Crazy Town. And that's why we right. got how we got the name for the channel. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, there's the book. And if you go on the channel starting in September, we're going to actually do a like 12 week um, book study. So we're going to have little, you know, homework assignments each week and follow and people can follow us reading the book. So we're going to do that in the fall. Um and yeah and we're all you know like you guys we're gonna get some merch together and some t-shirts and we're gonna have some things like hey if you're the 200 subscriber you'll get a t-shirt or whatever so we're gonna start doing stuff like that but really it's just to be of service and to get the message out there and to have fun Mm -hmm. so yeah that's what we're doing perfect yeah so the uh the sober curator we ran across them uh recently on instagram and they had a uh a list of podcasts, uh, male-led podcasts on the internet. Like, oh, you're kidding! Yeah, like the top seven, whatever. Well, we weren't included. <laughs> so, well it's, so, well, it's funny. I just literally texted her that I was going on your podcast. Yeah, today. well, she she might remember me because of what I said. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no! It was it was a funny it was a funny thing. So, um, I'm sure you were delighted. Well, and what happened was, is it was another podcast that, that I follow on, on Instagram that got listed and he, you know, he's like, oh, thanks for, you know, putting us on the list. And I looked and I was like, you know, basically kind of like the implying that who do we have to blow to get on this list? Because I'm like, oh, I'm like, not only are we male led, but I'm like, there's two of us leading this podcast, you know, right. we got a stroke to get on this, to get on this list. I don't even know all the silver podcasts. Like, oh, no, that's I don't so either. out of it. I am. And then so, I mean, I've just been learning. Well, this was, you know, going into Father's Day. And I and I tagged him. I tagged him in the I tagged the sober curator in the, in my post, and um, you know yeah the person uh, said back you know oh no need to do this but you know now we're on our radar or whatever and uh, I said you know 
this and that, but we email back and forth. So the, the individual, I I'm not even sure who I was emailing with, but number one, they were super cool. They thanked me for the, she is super yeah, she thanked cool. me for the humor and stuff like that. So, um, and yeah. I told her I was, she I plan is to get like back really in touch wild. With her. Well, and, and like I said, hopefully she is great. Hopefully she does remember. Cause yeah, I said, what do we have to whatever. I'm sure she <laughs> I literally just uh, literally like right before I got on with you guys, I said, Hey, I'm getting on with these guys and I have their t-shirt on and, yeah, yeah, she was. So she's, well, you offered you offered to blow her. I hope she remembers. Right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And I don't I don't remember if those were the exact words, but that was the implication. That's that's for sure. Well, mm -hmm. it definitely, I'm sure, got her eyes, you know, got her ears. Oh, I, up. And that's what I brought it up on the episode. And I, I talked about it with Mike because I mean I did it on purpose. I'm like, okay, so if we're not going to be on the list, at least somebody's going to see that I, that I want to be on the list. You're hilarious. <laughs> so that's it. I'm, I, I accomplished what we worst case, but yeah. So she was cool. She's like she was going to listen to her episodes She's yeah listen to the yes. episodes and then kind of go delightful. from there and uh um you know who knows what well, we might be able to you know collaborate with them in some way who but, knows yeah. well and that's and by the way you're i will be you know two things i will be once you get this episode up and going send it to me and i'll put it on my facebook and we'll in, we're also going to do an episode this week. Finn and I are meeting, and we both have your T-shirts, and we're going to do an episode dedicated to you guys. Yeah. And we're going to do a topic about um, we want what we want because, of course, you know, <laughs> we think of baby, you know, right. like the jokes about the King Baby. Did you ever know right. that pamphlet, King Baby? Um, was like the name for old alcoholics, you know, because we want what we want when we want it. Right. And so the sober not mature is perfect. So we have a great episode topic, and we're gonna we're gonna do an, an episode connected to your show. Perfect. Yeah. So beautiful. I'll let you know that. Yeah. Abs I'll yeah. Let, let us know, know what it is because we'll um, obviously we'll promote it too. And I I already wrote down the the name of the YouTube channel, so I'll put that in our in our notes. And with the episode, yeah. usually what what I'll do. So we have a Facebook page also. So I always oh, have an episode. The link to that. If, if you need anything more from me. Email me whatever you need, and I'll get you a link to where the episodes are so you guys can work it out. Okay, great. Um, for me to send, I don't know if I have the ability. I can't, like, send the whole episode, but I can send a link to it. All anyone ever has to do, if anyone's listening to this or when, when you post about it, we're on we're everywhere. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts okay. and right. Google and Amazon. I noticed that. Um, iHeartRadio, yes. all yeah, that crap. Tune in. Yeah, we're everywhere. Yeah, so all anyone ever has to do with any of the episodes, and I'll start doing the promos tomorrow. So if you're if you from your Facebook page, if you're not following us, our sober not mature page, you, you should do that because then you'll see when that I will definitely do that. I'll send yeah. you a, a I literally just got on Facebook That's in fine. the last couple of months. So I'm totally I just started doing it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you said you're because I haven't done any social media. What, whatever works. Whoever, um, whatever you need for me, but it'll be anything I post on Instagram, cross posts to our Facebook page. I post episode okay, clips every day this week. I'll do that also, but um, the new episode I'll announce it as of tomorrow when it's on again Spotify, Apple, everywhere, anywhere you can listen to a podcast, you'll be able to get them. All right. Awesome. So. Well, just let me know when it gets out and then I can find it and I'll post it where yeah, I can. It'll be worst case, All right, awesome. worst case scenario tomorrow um, by noon. We'll have it out tomorrow by noon. God, you guys are unbelievable. Do you know most podcasts I do? They come out like a month later. People are people are fucking lazy, <laughs> yeah. man. We're not lazy. We get right on it. We, <laughs> right. We do, we do the work. We do the work. No, I'm serious. <laughs> like that never happens. I know. No, and well, and the that thing of it is, happened. we didn't know that that was an option, quite honestly, <laughs> when we started. So when we started, and I read about this probably three months down the road, they're like, you should have 
anywhere between three to five episodes ready to go when you start a podcast. It's kind of like the the streaming mentality. We didn't know that. But right. then the other thing, too, they said that, you know, record the episode and you can release it whenever you want. Just bank all these episodes. Well, by the time I knew that, you know, we already got in the mode of doing it. We record Friday. I do it all the stuff afterwards. It goes up Saturday morning. Um, That's it, and it doesn't matter. What was that? Was that two weeks ago, Mike, that we recorded late when you had the right. baseball game? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and right. all it was, we didn't get done. We didn't record, start recording um, till 10 p.m. Eastern. Oh my right. God. So by the time we were done, it was 1130 Eastern. So 1030 my time, it was like one in the morning by the time I got done. Um, but you guys are unbelievable. Well, we're pretty cool. That's what it comes down to. That's what you are pretty cool. <laughs> no, it's well, no, right. we were taught. We were taught. Don't put shit right. off. Do what you have to do. Do it now. Get it over with. And then it's fucking done. There you then, go. This, this, no, but I'm serious. Like that is like literally it's, typically a month right. for, for almost every single one I've done. And it would be, it would be a different story if we were, you know, doing podcasts like, you know, the Mark Marins of the world or some of these other ones where, you know, they, he, he records twice a week, but he's got to edit things. Oh yeah. When they edit. <laughs> and that's the other thing. So, you know, we don't edit a damn thing. Everything that came out of our mouths tonight is going to be on there. I, I make, okay. I make literally, um, well, four edits. I, I, I have to cut the episode in half so it can load up. I shave the, okay. the dead air off the front of the first part, dead air off the back. Same thing on the the second part, and I load it. That's it. Now, I, there's more. Right, there's excellent. more that goes into it, but from a content standpoint, and we we tell people that we say this on here all the time, so people understand. They hear all of our mistakes and our fuck ups and our goffs and right. <laughs> but. Yes, I've heard some of those reels. I, know. I think it was early <laughs> on you shared one of yeah, those, and it's just yeah, it's it is what it is, you know. So it's yeah. real. Right. But, um, right. Well, awesome. You yeah. Guys. This has been um, a huge, huge this amount has of been fun. Great. So absolutely. Two fun. things again. I just, I want you to repeat, um, your title, of your okay. book. I want you to repeat your YouTube channel just so everyone has that. I'll have it in the notes, but, um, just repeat all that stuff real quick. All right. The name of the book is Code Crazy One Psychologist Recovery from Codependency and Addiction. My website is drsaramisho.com and there's, you know, links to different podcasts on there and yours will go on my website when, after I get it or find cool. it from you guys. And so, and also on the website are links to the YouTube channel, Perfect. but the YouTube channel's name is leaving crazy town. So subscribe and become a part of the recovery team. Awesome. Right. Well, and, and Dr. Yeah. Sarah, I mean, get on that train and get the hell out of crazy <laughs> town. Exactly. We're leaving. <laughs> With the end, we always say, fasten your seatbelt. We're leaving crazy town. <laughs> But seriously, this has been um, absolutely wonderful. Uh, we appreciate it. Also, your patience in in us, uh, you know, getting the because we had a string of uh, obviously guests coming up to this. But thank you for your patience. Absolutely, thank no you problem. for no, all of this. No, it's been wonderful. Anything I can do, you let me know, and let me know if there's any place you want me to donate books oh, yeah, for you. Absolutely, yeah, we'll, we'll check around right. and uh, we'll see what's what. We can figure it out from there. So, um, all right, Mike, mm. this is. Uh, have you heard the end of our episode yet, or no? Um, I You're don't about know. To. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. go ahead. All right, so yeah, time for time for you and I to, to be quiet. Then Mike's gonna Mike's gonna head us okay. out of here. 
All right, everybody. Well, thank you very much for listening to another episode of Sober Not Mature. We want to thank Dr. Sarah for coming on. Um, go check out Crazy Town at uh, Leaving Crazy Town on YouTube. And her book, Co Crazy, is really good. Like I said, I'd read the whole thing, but I got into it and I really <laughs> liked it. So I can't, I'm looking forward to finishing it. And now it is that time, kids. It is time for you to fuck off. Then keep fucking off. Keep fucking off till you get to a gate with a sign on it saying, you cannot fuck off past here. Climb over that gate. Dream the impossible dream. And keep fucking off forever. Oh, my God. See? A true indication that you haven't. I'm, I am so happy when people have not heard that ending. I think I've heard. I think I did hear the end. But I wasn't sure. I didn't know it was like the oh, yeah. end. Like a, a weekly end. thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we started doing Oh, no. One I'll tell you a line I stole from you guys that is going around Massachusetts AA right now. You ready? Ready. Um, (laughs) Sobriety isn't all strawberries and orgasms. Well, that's our that's that's our friend Heidi. Hi, Heidi. Yeah, if if our friend, I'm telling you, I literally texted that to a friend today, and he's like, "That's my new line. I'm sharing that every meeting." Yep. That was our that was our yeah our good friend Heidi from Cleveland, Ohio, that came up with that one, and we stole. Oh my it from god, her. that was great. That was great. <laughs> All right, but no, seriously, thank All you, right, thank you, you very now, much. How do I just, just hang on? Do I? Oh, I just hang on. No, no, the no phone. don't don't okay. do anything yet. Hey, don't do on. anything yet. Hang on. Yeah, hang don't on. do anything yet. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Thanks for coming on. Love All right, you, brother. Love you, Mike. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. As always, thank you for listening to another episode of Sober, Not Mature. To access all of our content and interact with us, please visit our website, SoberNotMature.com. Thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you soon.